Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. Today is those great days where we get to get together in the middle of the week and get into God's Word and, more importantly, get God's Word into us. And I know God is using this to strengthen us and to grow us today. And uh, be sure to get out your Bibles. Be sure to um, maybe get something you can take a note because we are doing this study walking through 1 Corinthians. This has been such a great time together. Um, it's about all of us and just getting this good word out and this important stuff uh, so that we can live for Jesus daily. This is not just about information. This is about motivation, inspiration, and ultimately life transformation. All right, so we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, this is this passage in the New Testament. What I've seen from the New Testament is, you know, the New Testament directs us in how we live our lives. And the Old Testament really gives us these powerful pictures uh, to illustrate a lot of the teachings in the New Testament. We see the pictures in the Old Testament that uh, really flesh this stuff out. And so today, I want us to look back from it as we get started uh, to Numbers chapter 20, verses 8 through 12. Now, let me just kind of reference something that happened in Numbers chapter 17, where God tells Moses to hit this rock, and water comes out of the rock so that the people, the Israelites, have water to drink So, because uh, they were thirsty. They were thirsty. You know how that is. When you're thirsty, you are uh, just desperate to find something that will quench your thirst, right? And you got to have the right thing. The best thing is just water. Water is the thing. We don't drink enough water. We're dehydrated. Um, I hope that, you know, you're staying hydrated. I'll tell you, for the first many, many decades of my life, rarely did I ever drink water. The water that I drank was the water that uh, came into my mouth when I was showering, you know. Uh, so other than that, it was pretty much straight Dr. Pepper. But I've learned the importance of staying hydrated and drinking plenty of water. So they were thirsty. Number 17, Moses hits the rock as God directs him to do. Water comes out. Now I want us to look at Numbers chapter 20, beginning in verse 7. All right, and here's what happens. Check this out. I'm going to read this. Uh, this story to you, this passage, it says here, the Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. So the staff represented his authority given to him by God He's to get his brother, gather the assembly together. And here's what God says. Speak to that rock. Speak to the rock. 
before their eyes and it will pour out its water. So this time it wasn't hit the rock. It was just talk to the rock and it will pour out its water. Amazing miracle. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water? Must we bring you water out of this rock? And Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and the livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give to them. So as a result of Moses' anger, his disobedience to God, he was prevented from leading the people of God into the land that God had promised them. Wow. That's the backdrop of First Corinthians chapter 10. Let me share with you the beginning of First Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Paul, writing to the Corinthians in verse 1, says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. Check out the word all. They were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So how many of the Israelites were delivered from slavery? They all were. They were all delivered. They had God's presence with them. You know, his his spiritual presence as they went through the wilderness and the desert, they all were connected with God. And in a sense, they were all baptized through the cloud and through the sea as they walked through the sea. This was a, a, a picture of baptism, like New Testament baptism, being uh, immersed in water after you've trusted in Christ. It's a picture of your new life in Christ. And so in a sense, they were baptized in Moses And they had spiritual food. What was that? It was the manna that God provided them so that they would have enough to eat and they'd be nourished. And they had water to drink. And this water was from the rock. So they were all in. Now, the Corinthians in the Corinthian church, the Corinthian believers, they thought, well, we're all in the church. We, we've all come into this church, and so we're all covered because of what we've done, and we can do pretty much whatever we want. We can do whatever we want, however we want, um, and as a result, they faced the consequences of their disobedience to God, just like the Israelites did. In verse 5, in chapter 10 of First Corinthians, nevertheless, God, talking about the Israelites in this, you know, in, in numbers, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. You know, if you don't learn 
from the past. You got to keep taking the same test over and over again, right? Uh, you're going to repeat the mistakes of the past. So you don't have to make every mistake yourself. You can watch what other people have done and, and see that it doesn't work out the way that it should. And so you say, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to go down that road. I don't have to go down that dark alley. I can avoid that, avoid that mistake. And so they went in the wrong direction. The in the in the Old Testament, we saw that. And so and so were the Corinthian believers, and so do we do the same thing today, right? So, so verse seven, do not, he gives very specific, do not be idolaters. Some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. So they were idolaters. They made these golden calves, right? Or the golden calf that they, that they bowed down to worship. And uh, we think well, we're not going to do that. We worship other gold today. The, these idolaters, we worship stuff, the created things instead of the creator. Uh, sometimes we are even worshiping like what we're putting into our bodies, you know, our food and all of this. Uh, so he talks about that. He says we should not commit in verse eight sexual immorality. Some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. This happens in uh, Numbers 25. In verses 1 through 9, crazy uh, sexual immorality that was taking place. And so, yes, the Bible does say right there in Numbers 25, 1 through 9, that 23,000 of them died because of their sexual immorality. And he says, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. You don't the Lord, your God, to the test. And do not grumble, check this out, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. You know, they were complainers. They were complaining. Um, Don't get right up to the edge of sin, testing Christ, saying, well, how far can I go before it's a sin? Okay, and then you get so close to the edge that you just fall off. Um, Verse 11, these things happen to them as examples and were written down as warning for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So they happened. God was trying to teach us something through their experience as he interacted with them. that We can learn from. So we, uh, we can avoid those same mistakes. Now, you know, we will do the same thing, right? We, uh, we grumble, we complain, we, we gripe, we look for what's wrong, and, um, you know, we, we complain about uh, the direction that God gives us. We complain about what he provides for us. We complain about the way he calls us to go and what we have to go through. Um, we're compl- we, we complain, we complain, and the Israelites were master complainers, Um Now, listen, there is always a reason to complain. If you want to find a reason to complain, it's pretty easy, okay? There's always a reason to complain. But since you know Jesus, there's always more reasons to give thanks. Okay, there's always a reason to complain, but because you know Jesus, there's always more reasons, greater reasons 
to give thanks, to be thankful. And uh, so many times, you know, we think, well, whatever it is we're involved in, whether it's complaining or idolatry, sexual immorality, you know, flirting with sin, whatever it is, we think, well, this this is this little sin in my life, and, and God is going to just forgive me of this, which He will, He will, but not without consequences and not without missing out on His plan. So I want us to look back to what He's talking about with this rock in the wilderness, because the rock in the wilderness that produced the, the water was intended to be a picture of Jesus. Okay, we know that Jesus is the rock. Psalm 18, verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So that's Psalm 18. It says, God is my rock. And then specifically in Mark chapter 12, verse 10 and other places, it says, haven't you read this scripture, this passage of scripture? This is Jesus. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So that's Jesus. He is the rock of our salvation. So what can we learn from the rock? The first thing is um, to obey God's instructions. God tells us what to do. He's very clear with us in his word what we are to do and how we're to live. And God was very clear with Moses. He didn't stutter. Uh, He was very clear. He said, speak to the rock. But Moses didn't follow God's commands. What did he do? Instead of speaking to the rock, he spoke to the people, not the rock. And he made it all about himself. He said, must we be the ones to give you water? And when really it was all about God, right? And uh, giving God the glory. And so he lost his his cool. He lost his temper. He got mad about it, about what God had called him to do, this awesome miracle that he was going to be a part of. And uh, here's what happened. You know, back in number 17, the first time God told Moses to strike the rock and the water flowed. And then the next time he said, "Okay, don't don't hit the rock. Just talk to it. But Moses was mad and he struck it twice. As a result, he was not allowed to enter the promised land. Now, why? That seems so severe. That seems so severe of God to keep him out of the promised land just because instead of talking to the rock, he hit the rock. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Well, rock, he says, was intended to be a picture of Jesus. And So Jesus went to the cross one time. He went once, not twice. He wasn't, he didn't have to keep on going back to the cross each time, but he was struck once. See, God had a plan to present this as a picture and Moses messed up the plan. Moses didn't understand the importance of the instructions. And uh, so that kind of reminds me of this. You know, sometimes we think, well, it's just about getting the job done. But it's not just about getting it done. It's about doing the right thing the right way. You got it. How you do it sometimes is as important as the fact that you do it. And sometimes because of expedience, we'll cut corners 
you know, are compromised. And we say, well, the same result happened, but you've messed up the process. Okay, so it's about getting the right things done in the right way. Check this out. With the right attitude. What was Moses' attitude? He was, he was mad. He was mad. Now, you can do it mad, but, but you can do it glad. You know, think about the fact that you're getting to cooperate with God, that God is instructing you and telling you how to do it and do it right. Do it with the right attitude. Your attitude is so important. And he did not have the right attitude, right? He lost his temper. He was frustrated with the people. I get that. People are frustrating, right? But we're called to, uh, to love them. Now, another lesson from The Rock. God alone is worthy of honor and glory. God alone. Not must we. And hey, we get to be used by God. That's awesome. And it's incredible that God would choose to use broken you know, vessels like us and use the foolish things of the world. But it's all about him. And he doesn't share his glory with anyone else. When, when we are able to serve God, we should always point the glory back to God. All right. And then the, another lesson is this. God corrects us when we disobey him because he loves us. Right. So he's going to correct us. He's going to direct us. And he's going to say, here, here's how you, here's how, here's how you, you, you messed up, you know? And uh, so, so if, if we weren't corrected, what would we do? We would do, we would mislead more people. We would put stumbling blocks in the way of others. Uh, We would, we would see more negative consequences in our life. So, so it's important that God does direct us and, 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 and correct us when we disobey him. And then this is the last thing. This is the last big point. Um, and that is that Jesus alone quenches your thirst. Jesus satisfies your thirst. Not all of those other things that uh, we try to use to, to quench our thirst, right? And, and um, it's not just that, that those other things are sinful things, which many of them are, but the bigger problem is that by not going to Jesus, we've rejected him in the process. We've rejected Jesus, and that's the bigger issue. So, you know, John seven thirty eight, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Whoever believes in me, he gives that living water to quench thirst. Um, and then in John four ten, you know, when Jesus is talking to the, the woman at the well, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So he's the one who can quench our thirst. So what should we do? We need to stop drinking the things that just make us more thirsty. What makes us thirsty? Well, practically speaking, you know, too much salt intake, too much caffeine, which (laughs) I'm going to step on your toes, but you know, coffee and tea and all those things that have caffeine, caffeine, alcohol will actually make you thirstier, Um, sugary foods and drinks, all these things make us thirstier, but that's where we go, right? That's where we go to when, when we want, when we're thirsty and, and yet we need to, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm talking, those are just examples of literal thirst, but our spiritual thirst, you know, we'll go to everything else to quench that spiritual thirst. 
um, to try to take care of it on our own, right? Instead of coming to Jesus and allowing Jesus to quench our thirst. So my question here as we close is, are you thirsty today? Are you thirsting for Jesus? You know, as the deer, the scripture says, as the deer pants the water, so my soul longs for you. Jesus is the living water, and uh, he, he quenches the thirst that, that, we, that we have. So Psalm 63, 1 says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And, you know, spiritually speaking, for our soul uh, in the world around us, there's so much that just makes us thirstier and thirstier. Um, we live in this dry spiritual environment, but Jesus is the living water and he quenches our thirst and he gives us that good stuff. We find that in his word. We find that when we connect with him through prayer. And uh, so I want to encourage you today when it comes to your thirst to uh, go to him first, go to him first and allow him to quench your thirst. All right. So, um, so I'm excited about next week. We're going to be talking in first Corinthians 10 about dealing with temptation. But today I want us to pray and just allow him to quench our thirst. Um, and, and be sure to notice there some of the uh, some of the comments, particularly Rolando has something good for us there. Thank you, Terry, for for posting in the comments. You're very skilled with that and uh, and appreciate all of you for for jumping in today. Let's pray together as we close. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the truth of your word, God, that we need you. We long for you. We thirst for you. Thank you that you alone can quench that spiritual thirst that we have. Help us to learn, God, from the full counsel of your word, from the Old Testament and the New Testament, so we know where to go and what to do and how to live, how to please you with our lives, God. I thank you for each one who's listening. I pray a special blessing on their life. God, draw us close to you and use us, God, to make a difference, to help people connect with you. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.